the Not Watching Podcast. My name's Rob Howard and today I'm joined by Marcus Hurley. We've come to that time of year again and we're actually just into 2022, uh, a few days in, uh, but we're going to talk about our favourite movies of 2021. Um, Obviously, uh, I've been to cinema a lot, Marcus has not been able to, so I think our list is going to be quite different. Yeah, my list would be different if I'd got to the cinema, I guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah without a doubt um yeah but um yeah anyway so um all things considered uh let's let's uh crack on probably got quite a bit to get through here um so marcus what's your uh what would you put as your fifth favorite film of uh 2021 my fifth favorite film of 2021 is <sighs> See, I, I wanted to say Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. But weirdly, I'm going to have to say The uh, Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, the animated movie from Netflix. Oh, right, okay. Um, I, I think I watched this on a, when I was a bit hungover. Yeah. I think I need to revisit it. I, 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 I loved it. I thought it was great. It was like Castlevania, but it was just the lore. And I know it's just an animated movie, um, but I've seen quite a lot of them and I, I just thought it was really nice because I, I, I started it before and I put it off because I thought oh you know you've got to be in a certain mood sometimes to watch an animated movie but then much like Castlevania when I did put it on that's it I, I didn't stop until yeah. it finished and I was just like bloody hell that was really good that was a really good story it's- they could have done that as a one-off actual tv show um sort of thing like a tv movie and that would be a nice chunk of lore to then stick in and it relates to um, season two as well. Yeah, um, isn't uh, it tells the story of Vesemir, doesn't it? The, I think uh, so. I can't remember. Is it all, it's one of the. It's like he's like. Uh, it's it's sort of a generation before Geralt. Yeah, I think. Well, it's it's um, it's his predecessors, um, not massively because. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like that, and and the last generation of witches, I think, to be made. Yeah. And it's it's the whole way that the world and it it basically builds so much more in the way that the world sees everything because you get hints of it the way that humans are, but then you got the disdain from the way that other people see humans because at the moment it's just humans rule, everyone else is battered into submission. Yeah, because it's the elves that uh, are like the indigenous. Yes, yeah. yeah, they lost. And they humans got, entered yeah. at the same time all the demons and stuff did. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting setup. I think it's great. Um, yeah, it, it was. I thought it was really well done, well animated, and it just got on with the story. And the fact that from the very start, it starts off quite gory. It sets the tone that yeah. yes, this is not going to shy away and be one of those, you know, slashes. Well, you'll see a, a line, and then a limb will come off, but there will be no blood. It, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like you know, an adult, an adult story which I thought was nice. So yeah, that's that's going to be my 
my um, fifth movie. Cool. And it won't be the last we hear of Witcher no, on this uh, definitely not. Maybe this episode, but next week, maybe. Okay, uh, so movies then. Number five for me is uh, Last Night in Soho, which is the new uh, or the latest film by Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz and nice. Baby Driver and stuff. And in, in this movie, um, this young girl, um, she sort of lives in a village a um, bit out of town, at, a bit out of the city, and she goes to London to learn fashion. Um, but she's sort of haunted by the ghost of her dead mother and all of a sudden starts to have visions while she's there. Um, so, yeah, she's like a bit, I see dead people sort of thing. Yeah, okay. um, and she starts to basically dream about this girl and she sort of obsesses about her, paid by Annie Taylor-Joy. It's Thomasin McKenzie who plays the main protagonist. Um, she's been in a few bits and bobs. She's starting to show up in lots of things. Um, but yeah, she goes, yeah, and it's... Um, and yeah, so she starts to obsess about this woman in her dreams and it's like she's sort of becoming her, crossing over and stuff. Um, and it, it's... It, she feels like she's being haunted, like she keeps seeing her death over and over again, all these violent scenes. Um, and it, and it kind of, it ends up, it's just really great. Like it's just such a slick uh, film. It's so well constructed. Um, it's got great footage all around London and stuff, areas of which I miss. Um, and yeah, it's, it's actually the final film by, um, what's her face? Who was in, uh, the Avengers, like the old Avengers and Game of Thrones. Uh, what's her name? Uh, it's dedicated to her, actually. Um, Diana Rigg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. So, uh, yeah, it's got a great soundtrack, as usual. It's kind of what Edgar Wright does. Um, but, yeah, really, really worth seeking out, that one. I, I thought that was absolute masterpiece. I didn't go to cinema for that. I, I, I did the old premium rental thing okay. uh, when I was... Uh, a bit poorly. Um, I just was feeling sorry for myself and was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd no, spend this yeah. down the pub I, anyway. I, I, I wish that a lot of them had come on because I would have gladly done that. I would have gladly yeah, forked yeah. up a bit of money. Um, yeah, it's still 16 quid on Prime. I know. That's I think that's the, the default number for all of them, isn't it? About 15, 16 yeah, quid. Yeah, I don't think... I, 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 mean, I don't get given, why. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the things that's happened this year, really, or, or it's become a trend, is that you know, there's that option now. Yeah. Um, but I, I think mean, like, charging t- you a cinema ticket when, even if you have a home cinema, it's still not quite the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, it should, uh, you know, knock a couple of quid off, two quid, you know. Yeah. You see you see some, like, turn up to buy for, like, a tenner as well sometimes, which is a bit weird, but that seems like <laughs> yeah. a bit of a better value proposition. Like, you can actually own it forever. Yeah. You're not sure if you um, like it at that point, but you can buy it and then yeah. <laughs> and then decide. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's all going to be up for debate as time goes on. But yeah. I think the, the 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 bonus of it is that you have a much shorter theatrical window. Um, you know, g- generally, like films of that level have been out for sort of a month, and then they're available like that. So yeah. it's just kind of uh, how much value you put in, um, like seeing it early i guess yeah it's true i realize my mix of films is quite i wouldn't say eclectic i'll just go with strange <laughs> yeah. this well. that that film by the way it, the tags on imdb are 
drama, horror, mystery, thriller. There we go. Nice. So yeah, it is quite horror. So what was that again? Into like oh. Last Night in Soho. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen that yeah. pop up. I've not watched it yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. It kind of got overlooked a bit because it's just one of those films that would have died a death at the box office in these times of uncertainty. Yeah. You know, it's definitely you know it's not really a blockbuster, but I I really enjoyed it. So. Anyway, go on then. Cool. What's your number four? All right. Uh, I'm torn between a few. So I'm going to go with... Um, you might want to plug your ears for this. I'm going to go with Zack yeah. Snyder's Justice League. Okay. Um, I know. I see the raised eyebrows. It's definitely but the longest film. It is. Well, I don't know. They're all catching up now. I went to rewatch the Lord of the Rings um, extended ones and they're kind of yeah, knocking yeah. on... Well, I'm not quite that territory. But yeah... Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I didn't really follow all the hype. I knew it was coming. I saw some of the interviews with some of the people that were on board. That piqued my interest. I'd seen the original version. I watched this and I really enjoyed it. I thought, as an event, I thought, yeah, it kind of felt close to watching one of the um, the DC animated movies, which I actually really enjoy. I've seen quite a few of them. And I feel as though they've always... It's weird. They, the animation department seems to have captured the soul of DC, whereas the movies have always struggled. But this was the closest I felt to it, um, taking into account Zack Snyder's love of slow-mo and broodiness and, and you know, lack of colour. He definitely loves those speed he, he does. I wonder he, how he long really it would does. have been if he'd just played it all at normal speed. Yeah, he, he's, kind of, he's, kind of in, he's kind of in the um, Hans Zimmer... Sort of phase, oh. yeah. Whereas Hans Zimmer's got quite a range, but he kind of got stuck in the the horn phase for a little while. But he's kind of jumped back out again. I think, yeah. Um, no, it was interesting to see what happened, and also the way that there was so much more to it. The inclusion of the actual big bad, um, because there were a couple of clips that were kind of in the extended version of the original Justice League. Like um, you see Lex talking to a mother box. And that explains why he's he's off his nut a bit and talking like, you know, Jesse Isaac normally would. Although the Jolly Rancher bit still pisses me off where he sticks a sweet in a woman's mouth. I'm like, this isn't Lex, this is the dot-com guy. But <laughs> but um, I don't know, I just feel like, but when, he, when, he, when he's scary and he's smart, I thought he, he would have been a good Lex, but they kind of went a bit too weird with it. But there was so much in there that I really enjoyed in the original one, like... Um, when Superman comes back and he doesn't know them, they have to take him on. And you kind of realise that Superman basically spends his whole time limiting himself. Um, because there, he's kind of like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to use a lot more force, a lot more speed and everything. And he's like, you know, he sees the Flash running around and the Flash is like, I'm going to run around the corner and I'm going to take him from behind. And he just turns his head. And you're like, has Superman always been that fast? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the one thing I remember was uh, that uh, the whole the main storyline seemed to revolve around um, cyborg. Yes, it was more cyborg involvement, and also more, um, and also Steppenwolf was as we as it felt like in the first film a jobber. He was just a, a guy, he was just one of the generals or lieutenants for um, for Darkseid. Yeah, you know, yeah, I can see why that would have got cut 
in yeah. trying to turn it into a two-hour film. They exactly. had to just basically eliminate the but hierarchy. But he never felt like... He, but he looked and felt like one of Thanos' henchmen. It was like the, the big guy with the axe in... in <laughs> imagine if they yeah, put yeah. the big guy in the axe in Endgame as... Uh, as as the big bad, so it always felt like he was a jobber, and it was nice to see. Well, he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, kind of. He's a bit more than that. But anyway, it was. I don't know. I just thought it was good. It was good to see it. Realize it. Um, I'm not going to bother watching the funky black and white version. I can just turn my TV color off for that. Um, yeah. I might watch it again at some point um, because it kind of reminds me of those crazy old films that you used to see where they would have an intermission. And I quite like that it was broken up into four acts, kind of thing. Um, and also the morning yeah. of Superman at the start felt really good. Um, that was the bit that that felt that that set the tone for me. It was like mm. there was more of a oh, all these characters, especially Lois, like she was broken, and yeah. it was like they were all so sad. And it was like there wasn't really any of that in the other one. Um, which I kind of thought, oh yeah, maybe because I'd watched Batman v Superman, the extended one before, not literally before it, but uh, a couple of days yeah, before. It, it felt like the the film that all the other Snyder films were building to. Yeah, but it was um, bloody long. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was too long. Um, anyway, that was yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, so I thought it was worth a mention, presumably because it was also a good testament to weirdly studios deciding to actually give materials and have a film remade which i don't think gets off that gets done often um that's no i think a lot of it had to do with um them wanting content to fuel their streamer yeah the hbo max Um, because that that launched the platform pretty much wasn't it yeah 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 it was kind of a like a nailed on all part of the press i guess around that service Mm. launching we still don't have it as such in the UK yet. We get it all via Sky, but yeah, um, I think I think at some point this year we are going to get it. Oh, well, that'd be interesting. But it, again, it depends. Uh, Sky are doing a good job of gobbling up Paramount and all these Peacock and all that. Yeah, shit. They, they so they tend to have a lot of deals. So so I'm kind of and plus I, I managed to get a deal on my Now TV subscription. I went to cancel it and looked in the uh, promotion section, and then I got like. I'm getting both of them for the equivalent of getting the entertainment and movies for the equivalent cool. of the entertainment now. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to keep that running for a little bit. Anyway, that was yeah, that. Actually, great, that uh, good segue there. Actually, my number four, I ended up getting, I bought it for a tenner on Apple because I couldn't find it anywhere. And I shortly after realised the reason for that is because it was on Sky Cinema. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, Riders of Justice which stars Mads Mikkelsen as this army dude. Um, and he's coming back from the war to see his daughter. And his daughter and her mum are on a train that's also on the same train carriage is this mathematician guy who reckons he's figured out this algorithm to explain away coincidences. <laughs> wow. And so this cap, this train carriage, this train gets derailed, blown up, um, the mathematician guy survives, as does the daughter. The mother doesn't. So the mathematician guy uh, takes it upon himself to... He th- he th- thinks that it can't be a coincidence or something because he hears about someone that was on the train. Uh, and it turns out that... Well, he reckons it's a calculated hit from this gang. Hmm. 
So, so he then goes and tells the the army guy whose wife has blown got killed killed in this train crash that he reckons he knows who done it, and and so he goes, okay, where are they? And starts like fucking people up, and uh, so it's Danish, right? So yeah, it's subtitles, but uh, my god, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is the army guy, and he takes no prisoners. Nice. And they just kind of realise, oh, fuck, we've really got ourselves into a thing. And what follows is kind of a bit of a Fargo caper. But I just had so much fun with it. Um, I, you never really know where it's going to go. It's quite sweet. It's quite sentimental at times. Um, and it's just it's just got some really great characters. And you know that you're watching a great movie when you don't care that the subtitles are on. You know, and you're getting all the jokes and all yeah. the mannerisms and everything. All the comic timing you're getting you know hmm. not even even though you're having to read it all so yeah i really enjoyed that it's been a film that i've wanted to see all year i, 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 I it's kind of it, it had a very short cinema run and it's uh you know it finally went on to all the in, on-demand things but yeah i was waiting for it to show up and i was like why isn't it showing it up and i've run out of patience so i, I ended up paying for it but um yeah it's on sky cinema or it was when i was nice. looking for it um so yeah, um, that's my number four. What do you reckon is your number three, Marcus? Have you figured uh, it out yet? My number three? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've actually put numbers to these now. Oh, yeah. Uh, now we're cool. going in. We're going in, son. Um, yeah, man, that's my, it. My number three is uh, Free Guy. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because I really loved that film. It was so good. It gave me Ready Player One vibes. <laughs> it was absolutely bonkers. And it was just a nice story, and I, I, I can't fault it for a nice movie experience. I mean, there are there are films that are a lot more deeper and stuff like that. But when I watched that, and then when the credits roll at the end, we both just were like really enjoyed that. Yeah, and there were no niggles. There were no. Oh, I wish they did this <coughs> in the story. I wish they did that. It was just when it was done, we were like, that was really good. That was a lot of fun. That was a really good film. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of uh, video game grammar yeah. going on. Like it's really like deep cuts. Yes, like just the way that people yeah. are just running around with like firing rockets into the air and stuff. Everything's and he's just he's just going along, around. doing his like I'm a, I work in a bank thing. Yeah, that's just normal. It's just like a tank ripping round the corner, shooting a helicopter down. <laughs> it's like yeah. it explodes into like a car or something, and it's just yeah. yeah, and it was nice, and and also the way that they cleverly put the backstory in. Um, with the original develop with the developers and stuff like that, and the way that they did that, so it kind of that's why it felt like a similar similarities to Ready Player One, which is one of my favourite films, um, yeah. possibly of all time now. Um, but I yeah, just Ryan like, Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan no. Reynolds is just being Ryan Reynolds, but uh, you've got Jodie Comer in there, yeah. and Taika Waititi playing the villain. Exactly, um, playing wicked, super wicked Taika. <laughs> you know, he's just playing Uber. Uber douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was in my top ten for a while. Yeah. I had to mercilessly boot it out, unfortunately. But um, uh, yeah, because they they uh, I I really I was almost went to cinema to see this when I found out what it was about. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere to me, and um, but then they dumped it on Disney Plus like after it had been out for probably a month. Yeah. And well, it had been advertising, ironically, it had been advertising for a hell of a long time. So I think they were a bit sick of it because I think it was like a, I don't know if it was a 20, 2020 film. Um, 
and then it was like when cinema was possibly going to open up and then it all shut down and it all just yeah, went away. Yeah, I think away. it might got delayed a bit. It got massively delayed, but it was and it became a running joke. It was at Video Game Awards and Ryan Reynolds was like, you know, it's that new trailers, it's that film you keep seeing, the one that isn't out yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think know. that's why we might be getting a bit jaded with the Ryan Reynolds character because um, like, yeah. he's had so many films all coming out in succession. Yeah. Um, at once, so I mean, I, I, I said that about Red Notice, but I've forgiven him again. Like, he's he's a nice guy, and I I don't want to hate on it for no reason. And yeah, you know, yeah. I think you just got to be in the mood for it. It's kind of like watching a Jim Carrey film. I love yeah. Jim Carrey, but if you're not in the oh, mood definitely. for Jim Carrey, he'll wind yeah. you so much. Yeah, up. if you're not in the mood, like <laughs> fucking hell, Jim, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, my number three uh, is a musical. Uh, on Netflix called Tick Tick Boom okay. starring Andrew Garfield um, and it's the first film directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda who was the guy who created Hamilton and stuff and it, uh, Andrew Garfield plays Jonathan Larson who's a real life character who it was the playwright behind um, the musical Rent um, sadly and this is pretty much um, well, I mean, I mean, it's pretty well known that he died uh, before it came out. So, and the whole thing is, this is basically a recreation or a like, well, it's sort of bookended by what Tick, Tick, Boom was, which was like a one man Broadway sort of stand up thing with music. Um, and it's all about like him trying to basically get, get a musical made. And living in New York and all the stories are woven around it. I think it's got some absolutely banging tunes on it. Um, it's 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 a musical, but it's a rock and roll musical. Uh, I think Andrew Garfield's got an incredible voice. And I just couldn't get it out of my head. Um, I've had it on. I've been going to sleep listening to it. Wow. Because like, it, it's just got so many cool hooks in it. And uh, it's all set, shot around New York as well, which is great. Nice. Um, and it also, quite strangely, features uh, Bradley Whitford playing uh, Stephen Sondheim, who very shortly after or around the time this came out, died. Oh, and right. he's like, uh, Stephen Sondheim's responsible for pretty much, I would say, 80% of all the musicals in the world, or oh, the Broadway ones and stuff. He's a bit of a legend. Um, so yeah, it's kind of tied in to this year quite uh, yeah. quite strangely. So, um, yeah, really recommend that if you fancy uh, a musical. <laughs> yeah, no, well, to be honest, I'm not against them. I just think I need to be in the mood. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, mind yeah. them. Totally. I don't mind them at all. No, cool. but, all right, then, so we're getting close to it. What's your number two, then, Mark? My number two is Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I You thought I that would be my this... number one, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's been a long year. I, I know, I, I know. Yeah. I forgot I watched but, that this year. It felt like, well, last year. Felt like <laughs> it felt yeah. like it was the year before. Um, I actually did pay to watch that um, through a streaming service. I paid for it through uh, Google Play. I think it was the last thing Google Play did before the service became unavailable. And it's now all through YouTube. Google Play right, and YouTube yeah, have yeah. merged. So, yeah, I watched it on Google Play, and it's now available on Now TV as well. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Big, silly monster film. A lot sillier than um, 
destroy all monsters but I loved it because it continued building what people have been calling the monsterverse it was one more sort of massive brick in that world and it was yeah. an enjoyable movie the story was good enough it had enough it continued to add in more weird Godzilla tropes like they've always got to have the original ones they've got to have some little weird flying machine and I don't know if you've seen Godzilla vs. Kong yet. Probably not. It's another one. I've for... seen last one I saw was King of the Monsters. Yeah, that's a beer and sit down one. This is also a beer and sit down sort of one. Yeah, um, I'd like to think so. Yeah, they're just they're just like you know, they're not. I'm not going to lie, they're not deep, but they're they're pretty awesome films to see that spectacle. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was good. It had Alexander Skarsgård in it. Um, had Kong. Had Godzilla had another third party one which you probably know which i won't spoil um people should have seen it by now but it just i just thought it was awesome and it opens the door further that you know there's there's more there could be more we don't know what's next oh indies said hi i think Susie's back (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm not going to go on about it because I've gone on about Godzilla and this thing for way too long. And the sure dog's right. like telling me, shut up now. Shut up, your dad. <laughs> You've gone on about a bloody giant lizard. Anyway, so yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong. That's my number two. Cool. All right, then. Uh, my number two is June. Uh, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely went to the cinema for this. Went to the uh, Bazardan IMAX. Uh, just basically let the Hans Zimmer score wash over me um, and just loved it. I, it's very clearly a half a film, which hmm. is frustrating, but you couldn't watch it all in one then. At the time I watched it, we didn't know if number two was going to happen, but even though th- this went straight to HBO Max day one, yeah. um, it still uh, did the, the business. So um, nice. yeah, part two's currently on the way. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of the whole June universe, as it were. Um, I've never read the book, but I've played lots of the games and I've watched the films and TV shows. Um, yeah, I, I, I was just really blown away. Villeneuve's a visionary director. He's absolutely done the business here. Um, great casting. You know, you got like, uh, just like everyone is in it. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson is particularly good as um, Jessica. And um, you've got old uh, Jason Momoa playing Duncan I- Idaho. Stellan Skarsgård as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. It, I do want to see it. It looked... I mean, I, I, I don't <clears> know much about the source material, but I, I have seen the film, uh, the previous film, a couple of times when younger. It was one of those ones. It was almost like the first epic film. Yeah, <laughs> that I recall. So I, I want to go and see this just to kind of understand the story and stuff like that, and then I'll go and fill my brain with the lore and and, and yeah. understand the world. But I kind of want that first experience of what is going on. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. I understand the the concept of it and some of the basic elements of the world from previously and stuff. But it's it's yeah. one. It's definitely one I want to I want to see. Yeah, we were playing the board game over Christmas and uh, that's a really good way of understanding the dynamics of, of the whole setup. Yeah. Because you've got the two great houses, Atreides and Harkonnen. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the, the natives, the Fremen, 
who like you know can actually work with the spice and gives them sort of abilities and stuff yeah and then you've got like the the empire who's basically bankrolling the whole thing um but yeah it's it's wicked um it's it's very one thing i walked away from it thinking was uh wow star wars is uh you know not as original as i thought it was i know yeah star wars (laughs) borrowed from everything it borrowed from a lot at the time and it wasn't oh, meant to. Yeah. It was. It wasn't meant to get away with more than one film, despite all the nonsense that have you believe. It was meant to be a one and done, and he couldn't believe it got made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's like let's 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 put let's mash as many things together as we can get away with, and see if it swims. Yeah, and then weirdly it did. So right, okay, we're right down to it then. Yeah. Uh, What's your number one, Mark? My number one film, uh, weirdly, is one that's sort of just come out. Uh, it's another Netflix one, and it's Don't Look Up. Oh, right, okay, wow. Um, soon yeah, because but- I thought, as disaster movies go, it, it it kind of doesn't pen itself as a disaster movie. It kind of, the description sounds like a B-movie. Um, yeah. And it is kind of like a B-movie in that, you know, it's it's kind of really ridiculous and outlandish at times and you're just kind of looking at the screen going what really these people like but it's also a massively deep social commentary on the state of humankind and the way that we are culturally intelligently um pretty much everything (laughs) um but at the same time it's also gets you right in the feels and it's I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it was so well done. Longer than I thought it would be um, as a film. It didn't feel as long as that, its runtime. I think it's like two hours 20 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's it doesn't... sticking f- around to the end of the credits yeah, as well. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't feel that. <clears throat> it really doesn't feel like that. And it's, it's just... It's weird. It's got like a, it's got like a kind of... Um, blockbuster vibe yeah but it's it's got this really biting satire going do you, on do you know what it felt like it felt like an almost spiritual successor to dr strangelove yeah um and that i thought it was really clever in like it's one of those films that hopefully will continue on to be like a proper cult classic like that because of just what it says and regardless of where we go from here you know this could be the last film we make and then we kind of go well you know this was before two thirds of the planet was underwater. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all about it's, it, what it is. It was it was written before COVID, but yeah. but the whole "don't look up" message is basically like you can see it. Just don't like it's like COVID. It's like yeah. it's there. People are dying, right? Yeah. But there's people in the world who are like, uh, yeah, why, but why no, no, that's not it? real. Yeah. That's not real. We're it's just not, not going to believe that. It's like it's not there. Just like they're saying, look up, look up. It's there. You can see. It's like no, don't look up. Just continue yeah. on with your head in the ground. It's just yeah. like, you just think, yeah. And it's a very, it's not anti-government, it's anti-stupid government. Anti-government that makes you just regiment on. So it's kind of, it ticks so many boxes. It's like a lot of people would see it as sort of anti-establishment. But it isn't. It's anti-following stuff mindlessly. Yeah, but at the same time, being mindless yourself, not to question it, but then also it doubles back and says, "But then you should question it," 
and gain the intelligence to understand when someone's talking absolute shit to you. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's so clever. I, I, I give it so many, you know, if I was a, if I was Russian, I'd give it 10 potato vodkas. I don't know. It definitely stayed with me. It's got really mixed reviews. I think some people are basically just, I think some people were just sick of it. Uh, like of that kind of sentiment. Like they, yeah. even they, I could, that's the only reason I can think you would be like, I know. why you wouldn't like it. Like, I just don't get it really. But. Or they think, or they think they're the person being, um, they're feeling personally attacked by it. In which case, if you're one of the parodies in there, you might want to readdress why. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've got friends who are like a little bit right wing and they've enjoyed it as well. They think you can yeah. easily reverse the whole thing on its head. That's what I mean. It seems to apply for both. You could you could argue that it's not anti-left or anti-right. It basically parodies everything. It's, yeah. It takes humankind and just shows how utterly ridiculous we've kind of become. That if yeah. something externally is is threatening us, we we will still find a way to mess it up. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh well. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was great. Uh, my number one uh, is Spider Man No Way Home. It's nice. very good. You haven't seen it, so we'll stop there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. I've got okay. a couple of honourable mentions. Okay. Yeah. Um. Suicide Squad. Yeah. I saw that. That was really cool. Um, oh, that's not survived. I was about to say I've got that too, but it hasn't yeah, survived. It was it was really fun. Um, bonkers story, but what I had hoped, and so much better than the original version. Um, yeah. No portals in the sky, just a giant creature they have to deal with. Um, <laughs> and we've got a spin-off TV show starting in a couple of weeks. The awesome. Peacemaker. Nice. Um, which looks... And it's been directed by um, Thingy, James Gunn. Oh, it's gonna be I think it's going to pop up on Now TV because it's a HBO Max one. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so that should be amusing. So, yeah, that, um, I kind of want to give mention to Shang-Chi because I think it was it was quite fun. I mean, at the time, I, I didn't feel much for it. That and Black Widow. They're, they're yeah. both kind of in the same boat where they're, they're fun action movies, not really offensive, not shit. But they, they didn't seem to push anything for me. Apart from the, the second half of Shang-Chi, where they went to Fantasyland and it turned into this big, crazy, mystic battle. Um, which was yeah, weird. I, yeah. and It was like Chinese order, Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had four MCU movies this year. If I had to order them, I would go Eternals, Black Widow, Shang-Chi... And then above them, massively, like, <laughs> so high that you can't even see it, is yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Sorry to keep going on. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> um, another honourable mention is um, there was a Mortal Kombat film that was made. And it was basically like a... There was. Not a reboot. It was, and it was, actually, it was actually pretty good. Um, it wasn't like outright cheesy like the other ones. They tried to make it quite serious and menacing um but it actually kind of worked you've got sub-zero stalking them it's a story between the two clans um god i can't remember the names um which is awful of me but it's basically the scorpion and sub-zero sort Get of rivalry. Over here. yeah 
And it, it, it was because the games have moved on so much from them just being like brightly coloured ninjas and tabards. It's like they've got like different versions of them. So it went back to ancient Japan. Uh, well, yeah. And it was just like it starts there. And then the way it builds up, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, he's him and he's him. And then it kind of goes into the typical kind of almost like 90s storyline where there's just a guy and his family and he gets caught up in it. And all this stuff happens, and Sub Zero goes all kind of Terminator esque, trying to just murder this person that's been chosen as a champion. And he's like properly walking down the street, like murdering folks and stuff like that. And it, yeah. was, it was it was pretty cool. I, I did enjoy it. Um, you know, Liu Kang wasn't the main person in it, unlike the other one. He was just like a, a guy, just one of the supporting ones. Oh yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. There were some bits that were a bit silly. I was a bit like, what, why? Um, but it's a Mortal Kombat film, so I can kind of forgive it that. And it's just, yeah, it was cool. It, it made me think, oh, if my 14-year-old self that was standing on the, the massive fire escape in my secondary school shouting, Mortal Kombat! Like the adverts <laughs> in the 90s. Um, could have seen this. I think my jaw would have hit the floor. But yeah. it was cool. Yeah, anyway. Any other? Um, no, well, I've got a whole load of films, but I'm not going to go through all of them. The last one I would say is The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, oh, right, I never got to that. No, it was, it was okay, but it just didn't have the same gravitas as the first two. And it, different director. I'm wondering, yeah, it had a different feel to it. But it was nice that a third film had been made because you've got that ongoing legal case with the guy who wrote the book the books about their cases, um, Ed and God, I should have prepared the names. Anyway, the, 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 right. the duo who, who solve all of this, there's an ongoing dispute <laughs> because this guy who wrote the book based on all their cases says he has exclusive rights to them. But you know, James mm. one, who's basically said, uh, but we've got rights to make films. And there have been other films based on their cases, like the Enfield haunting the Amateurville haunting and stuff. That's all of their cases. So it's only because these ones have been getting higher profile that it's kind of yeah. caused a bit of an issue. But anyway, nice to see another okay. film. So hopefully it will continue and we'll get more and more in the controverse or whatever it's called. <laughs> Everything yeah, needs I'm to be more, a verse. <laughs> I'm more interested in checking out Malignant. That's the I new James Wan film. Yeah. Um, which has got reasonable reviews. Um, yeah. I nearly rented that out over Christmas, but I was just drowning. As a, side, as a sidetrack, there is another film, actually, and we watched it randomly. It was The Curse of La Lorena. Um, it's like a Latin American sort of thing, the weeping yeah. lady. And that kind of slides into the whole Conjuring verse as well, because the priest oh, cool. who was in Annabelle turns up. And he talks about it. And it's like, you know, and you kind of go, okay, it's officially part of it because the the same characters are in it being themselves and talking about the things. I thought that was quite nice. And it was not a bad horror film. A couple of decent, a couple of really cool bits in it and really cool sort of jump scares and stuff. I think that whole conjuring thing's probably one of the more successful ones. Yeah. one of the most successful attempts at a cinematic universe other than Marvel. I don't think anyone's really part no. from the, the monsters one. I think it's easier <clears throat> to do cases because if it's a couple of people 
and then it's like this happens and this happens and they refer to the other films and other things yeah. and you see it like you know, you'll see the Annabelle doll and they've got that, that room it's not a trophy room it's just a room of hell where they've got all yeah. the items and you think there is so much in there what the hell <laughs> why are yeah, they living yeah. in this house anyway but yeah let's, let's <clears throat> move on <laughs> okay uh, I've just got a few uh, mentions uh, Promising Young Woman that's stuck around all year in my list um, just really crazy twist at the end and um, like real axe to grind about sort of like female exploitation and stuff uh, really stuck with me um, new Bond movie No Time to Die um, fitting end to uh, the Craig era of Bond uh, well it's the first actual coherent arc of any Bond uh, series or Bond tenure Nice. Um, took a few missteps along the way, maybe, but um, yeah, just yeah, and just the balls on it. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, the Green Knight, which uh, I watched on Amazon, Dev Patel uh, basically has to go, uh, basically gets this big green abomination plant man walks into like King Arthur's court and says, If you can lay any blow upon me. I, it's like you can lay any blow upon me but then I must in a year's time you must come seek me out and I will visit the same blow upon you so Deb Patel walks up and cuts his head off Grey Man goes oh well picks his head up walks out and then he has to he, oh then, he then has to a year later has to go off and do what, he's, what he said he would do or you know Woe be it, you know. Yeah. So and it's great and it's really well shot and, and looks lovely and there's a, it's a bit Monty Python, a bit uh like um you know, it's a bit life of Brian, but it's a bit sort of more serious than that. Yeah. A bit Willow, maybe. Um okay. but it's a cool yeah. movie. It's quite long. Quite I think slow. I've got it bookmarked on I think it's yeah. on it's on Amazon, isn't it, or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's on there. It's well worth a look. Um and finally also I watched on Amazon was Palm Springs, which is the uh the Groundhog Day type thing set in the desert and nice. uh, I, I, I love that so uh, yeah that's it for me um, yeah I think that's it thanks for listening to the Not Watching Podcast part of the Not Listening Podcast Network where you can also find the Not Playing Podcast where we talk about video games and the Not Listening Podcast where you can hear Adam and Co talk about all kinds of nonsensical nonsense you can email us at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet out or follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. You can find the show notes for all our shows at notlistening.co.uk and if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, stay safe out there.